0: Seth Luttrell makes his first public comments and we got more portal stuff happening on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are
1: Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked
0: On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Hope you had a very Merry Christmas. Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins visit fanduel.com locked on today to get started my name is john williams you can follow me on twitter at john nine williams my buddy here is josh Helmer. you can follow him on twitter at josh and josh the man seth luttrell new offensive coordinator for the oklahoma Sooners, took to the podium today or on Tuesday uh, in preparation for the Alamo bowl and had some very interesting things to say.
1: He did. And first off, uh, wishing you a belated though, uh, hopefully a happy and very merry Christmas, John, and to all of our viewers and listeners out there, hope it's been a wonderful, happy holidays for you and yours. But uh, yeah, Seth Luttrell was uh, interesting on this uh, Tuesday as we gear up for obviously the Alamo bowl, Versus uh, Arizona, just the the opening quote, Seth Luttrell on the offensive standard and just the standards in general at Oklahoma, which of course he's familiar with as he won a national championship at Oklahoma. But he says, "quote I'm just as much of a fan as I am a coach. I'm a huge fan of Oklahoma, and so I have high expectations of this program, along with everybody sitting up here and everybody within our program. We know the expectations, and hey, we're going to do everything we can to go out compete." and win championships, in quote, which, hey, he's he's won the initial press conference, right? As just about every coach before him probably has won the initial press conference. But uh, it's exciting to have one of our own as the man now leading the offensive charge, and you had that with Jeff Levy. But uh, to have another in Seth Luttrell is, uh, is pretty exciting. And really, what uh, I've chalked up this Alamo Bowl to, John, and I think most have chalked it up to is, okay, let's get that first peek at what Jackson Arnold looks like, and let's get our first peek at what this offense with Seth Luttrell directing it looks like.
0: Yeah, there's no misconceptions from Seth Luttrell that the standard is excellence at Oklahoma. And I I did think it was interesting that he said, I'm just as much a fan of the program. And I think that's going to resonate with a lot of, one, fans of the program, but also just a lot of the Oklahoma kids that want to play for Oklahoma. You know, the offensive coordinator, he's one of them, you know, he's an Andy Bass. He's a Gavin Freeman. He's, you know, um, the kids over at Carl Albert that play, you know, trying Trina Haynes uh, that playing or trying to Washington, sorry, you know, playing wide receiver. Like he's, you know, these guys that have grown up watching Oklahoma, he's been there. He's been in the same boat. So I thought it was really, really interesting. I thought another, you know, interesting quote was that, you know, the offense is going to stay Jeff Levy's offense, but I think obviously we're going to see a little bit different feel. Uh, from Seth Latrell than maybe we saw from Jeff Levy. Yeah, the, the scheme is going to stay the same. The language is going to stay the same. The play calling is going to stay the same. But I think we'll see, obviously, a little glimpse of what Seth Latrell's philosophy is, uh, especially in the run game and then in, in some of the kind of more aggressive versus passive moments or elements of the game that you might look to. So that's going to be really, really interesting to see as well. You know, in this game, do they let Jackson Arnold just go for it? Do they unleash him and just let him uncork a few? Or do they play things close to the chest and try to keep him upright, you know, given the offensive line situation they've got, or are they going to, are they going to be an aggressive offense in this one? I I really hope they are. I hope that we see this team go out and they just let it all hang out being it's the last game of the season. And then he talked about how, okay, in the offseason, that'll be the time for us to look at things from this year, figure out what worked, figure out what needs to be adjusted, and then go from there.
1: I think you have to just open it up. You've had a month here to prepare for this thing. And look, it would be great to win 11 football games, but contending for an SEC championship next season and – assuring yourself a spot in the 12-team college football playoff in its inaugural version is much more important than winning an 11th game. So if that means you open it up and you give the full reins of the offense to let Jackson Arnold sink or swim a little bit to make a mistake or two in this game, then I say you're, you're all the better for having done so. I would rather Jackson Arnold learn in this game and maybe a tough lesson or two than go win an 11th football game in this 2023 season. To me, it's more important that you you open it up for Jackson Arnold in this game. And obviously, uh, you know, Seth Luttrell in his first comments, he understands that uh, he's at least initially going to be tied very heavily to Jackson Arnold. He said uh, about coaching Arnold in preparation for what's going to be Arnold's first collegiate start, quote, I told him, we're both getting our first start together. So it'll be an amazing time. No one better to do it with. But like I told him, we got great playmakers around us, great coaches around us that are going to make plays for us too. So our job is to work as hard as we can in a collaborative effort with everybody else and do our job, make the plays and manage the game that we're supposed to and let the guys around us make huge plays as well, end quote. So look, uh, that's probably more times than not going to be the case. For Jackson Arnold at Oklahoma. You're going to have to step up and make some big-time throws. I'm not saying that you don't. You're going to have to go make some NFL throws and be that NFL five-star quarterback that Oklahoma's counting on. But uh, a lot of times where you get in trouble is, yes, trying to do too much and not understanding, look, I've got Nick Anderson and Farouk and uh, for this game, Drake Stoops and a number of talented weapons around me. Just let those guys go make plays, John. And that's why I say, open it up. Don't just lean on the run game in Arnold's feet in the run game. Let him throw the football, open this
0: thing up and, and get after it a little bit. Yeah. Cause the glimpses that we've seen of Jackson Arnold this year, pretty stinking good. Now I know a few things didn't necessarily go his way in be against BYU had had one throw of against Nick, you know, to Nick Anderson that he overthrew him, but I like that they took the shot and I like that he was unafraid to throw it. It had been the first time he'd thrown in the football in like two months. So kind of understandable. He might be a little bit uh, geeked up for it, but no, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Seth Latrell brings to the table. I'm expecting kind of a a more physical approach, like a more downhill running style in this one. Yeah. They're going to have some of that wide zone concept, but I think they're going to try and get downhill and get downhill fast. And that's where Oklahoma was at its best this year. And that's also going to be the thing that makes it simpler for the, the offensive line is just get downhill. Let's not worry about the guards, you know, the, the pulling stuff, the trap stuff. Let's just get downhill, especially, you know, in like the read option, all, all the, the complicated nuanced stuff. That's fine. We can use some of that, but keep it somewhat simple for your offensive line that is starting a new center and Troy Everett, a new left guard and Caleb Schaefer. And a new right guard, uh, as well, or sorry, not new right guard, right tackle, um, in, uh, Jacob Sexton, although he'd been playing right tackle the last three games and started those last three games. I mean, he's not the guy that you came into the season with. So you've got a couple new starters on the offensive line and a, and a young starter in Jacob Sexton. So keep things, you know, Going downhill because again, that's where Oklahoma was at its best, especially Gavin Sawchuk and Tawi Walker. I feel like they were at their best when they were running between the tackles. So let's keep doing that. Uh anything else from Seth Latrell's you know remarks that he made today that or on, on Tuesday that, that made you that stood out to you? Chop this up for A full
1: run of the conversation tomorrow or after the bowl game. Don't know when we'll get back to it. But I thought this was actually the most important thing that Seth Luttrell said. And we don't have enough time probably to fully delve into it. So a little teaser for the future here. Quote Looking back, now having been a head coach, I'll be a much better assistant than I ever have been because now I know what that guy feels in that seat each and every day. All the decisions and things that he has to do on a daily basis. Plus, the fact that there's football also involved. It's a very challenging job. There's a lot on the head coach's plate, and I want to do anything I can to take pressure off him, talking about Brent Venables. So, like I said, uh, you know, for some of the dissenters that were out there about, well, I, you know, I wasn't crazy about the, if you want to call it a failed head coaching tenure, again, I, I think we've gone back and forth on okay, what is the definition of a successful tenure where he was uh, as a head coach? I, I wouldn't qualify it myself, describe it myself as a failed uh, tenure, but that to me was the most important thing that Seth Luttrell said.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely dive into that on our next show as we get ready for the Alamo Bowl, but we've got another offensive lineman that Oklahoma's added and some transfer, transfer portal departures to discuss here on Locked On Sooners after the break. With the holidays – coming and going here
1: that means the weather it's getting frostier but for this last little bit as we uh close down the NFL regular season and head on into the NFL playoffs the weather gets colder the NFL offers oh they stay red hot baby with FanDuel Sportsbook right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet so just pick your winner $5 money line bet get that right in bonus bets for new customers. So that means right now, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to get in on the action. The app, super easy to use, wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and enjoy the remainder of this NFL season in style. FanDuel, official
0: partner of the NFL. Well, the Oklahoma Sooners have continued to add some portal uh, offensive linemen uh, this week, or actually late last week on Friday, as I'm driving down to Texas for the Christmas uh, break, uh, it broke that the Sooners added offensive linemen from the University of North Texas. uh, Fabichi Nwewu, guard, started 20 games for the main green, came in initially as a walk-on under Seth Luttrell and then became a freshman All-American in 2021 and then an All-American Athletic Conference performer. uh, Sorry, freshman All-American in 2022 and then an American Athletic Conference first teamer in 2023 after only playing eight games. So experienced guy, played a lot of football at guard, obviously taking a step up, joining the Oklahoma Sooners, getting ready to go into the SEC. But it's an experience. To me, it's an ascending player. So you hope you can continue that trajectory when you get him on campus. Uh, do not know how to pronounce the first name, but I can say it's Wee Woo. Wee Woo. That doesn't make any Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. For the
1: for the last day. Well, hey, you know, at least so far as we know, because uh, last time I checked, we had uh, a pronunciation on Eddie Pierre-Louis for months and months, and then it turned out we didn't have the pronunciation, and then we had the pronunciation after all. So take take what I said with a grain of salt, John. Don't take it as uh, the uh, absolute uh, end-all, be-all here. But for now, we will uh, obviously a lot of starting experience over the course of the last two seasons, 20 games, uh, as a starter under the belt including uh, eight this season and uh, for a mean green offense that put up a, a bunch of points but of course the the all-american honors in 2022 the all-conference honors something you're going to look at and the relationship to Seth Luttrell who was the the head coach for WeWoo, uh in the 2022 season. So that part is pretty, pretty exciting for Oklahoma. So seems like, again, this offensive line retooling out of the transfer portal, that's been the uh, mode of transportation for Oklahoma the last couple of seasons for Bill Biedenbow and company. And uh, again, this year with uh, with Brown and Weewoo here. And then it sounds like, again, before it's all said and done, we're still waiting on that Geno Vandemark news, but we still feel good about it. So it feels like, again, Oklahoma has found some guys, John, out of the transfer portal that have started, have played a lot of football, and you would think, if not starters, certainly as depth pieces, they're going to step right in and help Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, they absolutely will. And this is a guy that's played a ton of right guard. And where do you have a need after McCabe Mattire goes to the NFL? You have a need at right guard. Now, you still potentially have a need at left guard. Although I argued with people on Twitter, how many offensive linemen do you need to add in the portal? Well, at some point you got to start working on developing your guys and you got to give them opportunities to develop. But if you do add a Gino Vandermark, then you've got three portal additions. You should be able to figure out your offensive line from there. And if not, I mean, yeah, you've got some question marks, but you've got guys in house that should be able to to answer the bell. So it'll be interesting because Gino Vandemark he was a right guard as well at Michigan State. So if they add him, it'll be curious to see who bumps, who bumps over to left guard, or will there just be straight competition to figure out the best five guys across the board? We've seen Bill Beatenbow do that in the past where okay, maybe he has multiple guys that are or you know three tackles that are really good and he wants to have them all on the field. Well, one bumps inside the guard, or or vice versa. He has multiple guards that he likes and he wants to play them all. Then maybe somebody bumps out to tackle. So it'll be interesting. I, I think like if you were to tell me that this was the only these were the only additions you made, okay, maybe they're not all Americans. That you're adding, you know, from the SEC. Okay. But they're really intriguing players and in Spencer Brown and Weewoo that you can bring in and add to the mix and create your offensive line. You've got two veterans now that you could start on the right side, bumping Jacob Sexton over to left tackle, and you've got you know three of your five offensive linemen figured out. And then you can go into camp and and winter ball and spring ball and figure out left guard and center. And you've got Seriously, pretty good options there in Troy Everett at center, Josh Bates, or at left guard in uh, Jake Taylor, or one of your true freshmen coming in, Eugene Brooks, or Eddie Pierre Louis, one of these guys. So, you've got a lot of options here along the offensive line. I'd like to see them go into the season, go into the spring, and like, hey, let's develop our dudes and let's see who can get a job. I mean, you're going to have a lot, again, a lot of really intriguing options at that left guard spot in particular. And we saw just this last year. Caden green was able to come in and be an impactful player for you as a true freshman at guard. It's maybe a little bit easier to make that impact as a true freshman than maybe at left tackle. Although the physicality and the size of the guys that you have to block on the interior, it steps up a notch than it does in high school. So there's definitely a big learning curve and a big, you know, physical development that has to take place over the next nine months for some of these guys. But Hey man, there's options there. And if they do decide to add, you know, Gina Vandermark, which I, based on all the predictions, that's going to be the next you know domino to fall for the Sooners. You're looking pretty good at offensive line all of a sudden. So if I sat here
1: today and told you Joshua Bates between now and then, big time leap, he's ready to step in uh, in place of Andrew Rame as your starting center of the future, right? Uh, and then if I told you and we all – kind of feel this way right that Jacob Sexton is going to be one of your tackles of the next couple of seasons here for you uh, if I gave you those two items and then told you that wee woo and Brown and Vandemark two of those names are starters for Oklahoma how comfortable would you then feel about Oklahoma's situation given that you've also got you know the the Howlands of the world the Heath Ozidas exactly. of the world.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel, I'd feel pretty good about it. You know, if I've got two veterans that I can plug into my offensive line, I feel great. And then you can figure out the rest of it with the, the guys that you recruited to come be offensive linemen for you at Oklahoma. I, again, I had this argument with people on Twitter on Tuesday, like I, I'm pretty okay with where they're at along the offensive line. Now go develop guys, go figure out, okay, who is your next best three that you're going to be able to play? or your next two on that interior, on that left side, that center and left guard, because you got to start developing from within. You can, yes, it's good to add transfer portal additions, but I'd like to see them start building from within and letting these guys get opportunities and, or earn opportunities and take those and run with it because you can only rely on the transfer portal for so long before you're no longer able to. Now it's worked out really well. Bill has done a great job at evaluating transfer portal offensive linemen, and he's figured it out along the way, whether it's Chris Murray or Wanya Morris or McCade Mattire or Tyler Guyton, they've found really, really productive players along the offensive line. But you don't want to live in the portal. You want to be able to develop your dudes because you want to kind of take advantage of the opportunity that you're going to have to have them for four or five years. It, It doesn't really benefit you if you just have them for a year and then they bounce. No, you got to start working from what you have from within, in my opinion. Again, I'm not going to sit here and question Bill Biedenboe and Brent Venables and their tactics, but I would like to see guys like Josh Bates and Heath Ozida and Logan Howland start getting more opportunities. And maybe in this bowl game, we're going to see them get more opportunities. Howland and Ozida and Bates were all listed on the two deep for the Alamo Bowl death chart. Now, Oklahoma's had a lot of departures in the portal, so you don't have a whole lot left. But we've heard a lot of positive things out of all, for all three of those guys, even dating back to the spring and the summer. So it wouldn't surprise me to see those guys get a little bit of run. The Oklahoma Sooners had a pair of players into the transfer portal over the last few days as well. We'll discuss that here coming up on Locked On Sooners once again thank you for making locked on sooners your first listen every single day we're free and available on all podcast platforms and on youtube also go check out the locked on sports today streaming 24 7 sports channel on youtube coming up right after this show as well get all the great content here on the locked on network across every major sport and collegiate athletics as well. If you're trying to get ahead of the game and figure out what's going on in the sec, go check out locked on sec or one of the great locked on shows covering one of those sec teams that the Sooners might face in 2024. The Sooners had a couple of transfer portal departures. It's been that season for them as well as they've added guys. We'll start with the, the one that happened on Saturday it was Christmas Eve, Eve, Saturday night on the 23rd uh, Davis Bevel entered the transfer portal. Uh, not too terribly surprising. I figured he might stick around one more year to just kind of continue to be that veteran presence for the Sooners backing up Jackson Arnold. But it, it also doesn't necessarily surprise me that if he feels like he's a guy that could go start for somebody somewhere that maybe he'd take a chance and, and, and see what his options are and see what his opportunities are. The only way to see what your opportunities are, are to get into the portal and, and put your name out there. And I mean, I think he's got a shot at starting for somebody at the group of five level or, or maybe a, a low end power five, you know, option, because I mean, listen, he's not necessarily going to light the world on fire, but he's an experienced guy. He's played some quarterback. He he's been in some, you know, a really good offensive system now under Jeff Lebby. I imagine he's learned some things along the way to help benefit him down the road as well. We saw a guy like Alan Bowman who, okay, maybe he he was pretty good at tech at times, but the injury really ish, injury issues really, you know, hindered him went off, sat a couple years at Michigan, came back to Oklahoma state and played really, really good football and helped them reach the big 12 championship game. So uh, we'll see where Davis bevels lands, but it, it's hard to quantify that necessarily as a, as as a loss, um, especially given the rumblings that you're hearing about Casey Thompson uh, entering the portal. And maybe there being some, some interest there for the Sooners or at least for Casey Thompson coming to Oklahoma. If you want a veteran quarterback, Thompson makes a lot of sense. He's played a lot of football. I mean, he's a guy that in a pinch you could bring him into a game and feel pretty comfortable uh, with him running your offense.
1: Wish Davis Bevel the absolute best would be a nice end of the story to see him go somewhere and, and do some positive things. Uh, because obviously the, the cotton bowl game, it just, you can't shake that if you're an Oklahoma fan and, and that stinks because by all accounts, tremendous young man, seems like a really nice person. Uh, there wasn't ever a negative remark after any of that directed at the fan base, which, you know, that's that's a lot for a young person to go through the the jokes and the ridicule that Davis Bevel did and to not really fire back in any way, shape or form. So I applaud him for that and, and wish him well.
0: And on that, I, I just don't even know if Jeff Levy put them in a really put him in a, in the best situation to succeed in that game, because it's hard to get into a rhythm as a quarterback if you're running the offense for two plays and then it's wildcat for two plays and you're running the offense for a play and then it's wildcat for a play. It, it's just hard. If you haven't played a lot, which he hadn't, uh, since, you know, playing in that bowl game for Pitt and then really hadn't played much for Pitt, So really hadn't really started a game, maybe one game since high school. It's hard to get into a whole lot of a rhythm if you're not running the offense. And so, you know, yes, there might be some limitations to him, but I don't necessarily know if the offensive coordinator did him any favors in that game either. Uh, the other transfer portal departure, LB Bunkley, Shelton, a wide receiver that came over to Oklahoma from Arizona state. Now this one, I, I'm not surprised to see that he left. I am surprised at, kind of the limited impact that he made while here. I thought coming into Oklahoma, coming into Norman, I thought he was going to be a bigger player for them after having a pretty good season in his second year with Arizona State. I think he had over 400 yards receiving for them in that sophomore year. And so a little bit surprised me that, that he wasn't more productive, especially maybe even last year where the wide receiver production was kind of up and down. But, you know, this year it was hard for anybody to break through. You know, you had the, you know, Jalil Farouk, a steady guy, Nick Anderson, you saw his ascension. Drake Stoops had a career year. Andrew Anthony had a breakout season and Jaden Gibson really emerged as a player that, okay, you got to have him on the field at times because he's become a really, really good player for you. So it was hard for anybody to break into that, that rotation, even guys like Brendan Thompson. So if you weren't in that top four, you weren't getting a lot of opportunities and it just, really didn't pan out for LV Bunkley Shelton. So he's going to go off similar to Davis Bevel and look for an opportunity to, to get some significant playing time and and make an impact somewhere.
1: Yeah. I I thought uh, coming in, as you touched on John, there was a chance that sure he he was going to be an impactful wide receiver at Oklahoma. And the way last season ended, I know that if you like look at the stat sheet, you'll say, Oh, well, what the way last season ended, he had one grab for 14 yards versus Florida state But if you go back and look at just the numbers in that game, was on 28 snaps, was a part of 13 passing plays. I mean, it looked like all of a sudden he was maybe going into 2023, and this is the victim of the ball game thing that we fall into sometimes. It looked like maybe he was going to develop into something that that would be a little bit more impactful in Oklahoma's offense uh, versus really what he was in 2022, but it just didn't ever play out that way but he's somebody that don't you think has some juice somewhere for somebody i mean he can play
0: yeah i think he can too and and who knows where that ends up being you know maybe he goes to a place like smu like savion bird and nate anderson did and find some success or or you know a high level group of 5 team like a like a tulsa you know like a tulsa might be a spot where he could go and and be a really successful player I think there's going to be options for a guy like him because he's got some success. He was in an offense like, like Oklahoma where he was able to continue to learn and and grow and build. But yeah, I, I just feel like there wasn't, it just wasn't going to happen for Oklahoma because of the depth that they already have and coming back next year. And then all of the guys that they brought in, uh, in the recruiting cycle, it, it's tremendous. The depth that Oklahoma has and a guy like LV Bunkley Shelton, just the opportunities weren't going to be there. And so, yeah, man, best of luck to LB. I, I do think he's a good player and I think he's going to have some options out there for him.
1: One thing, uh, in closing here, and I apologize for not kind of telling you about this before the show, but I, I felt like we, we need to mention it, uh, just, wishing our condolences and our thoughts to the, the passing of uh, Ryan Miner. You know, his, uh, his brother, Damon, has been – both of them, all of our listeners – I shouldn't say all, but most of our listeners and viewers are familiar with the greatness that was the Miner family at the University of Oklahoma in the early 90s, both basketball and baseball. Those guys were special. It, it was too early in my life. I didn't live it. John, I don't want to speak for you, but I think, you know, a lot of your formative Oklahoma memories came later. So maybe maybe this wasn't a part of something you really, really remember growing up. But I just know that the minor family means so much to so many Oklahoma fans. And uh, we would be remiss if we didn't say rest in power. And uh, just so sad. So young, man. 49 uh, years old passed away on friday from unfortunately a prolonged battle with cancer his his brother john was was has been such a superstar of course athlete but in the way that he went about trying to drum up support and love and uh, sharing the battle that Ryan was fighting. Damon was incredible uh, in that way, put on the the golf tournament. That's going to live on going forward at the university of Oklahoma. uh, I believe this past summer and Damon was kind enough to come on with us on, uh, on the ref radio network to just share the idea behind putting that uh, golf tournament together over at Jimmy Austin. And again, so much of it was to, to, have have some funds to fight for ryan and unfortunately it just didn't turn out the way that uh, any of us wanted but that tournament is going to live on it's going to live on in ryan's name and uh man the minor family i just feel so bad for them again 49 years uh, the the world we live in now john this is a terrible long-winded rant but uh 49 is just too young and it's just so sad
0: Yeah. And there's not much more I can add to it except seeing all of the outpouring of of love toward the family and the memories that people brought up. You're right. I've not been an Oklahoma fan long enough to have had that as part of my experience, but I, I can relate through the stories that people share and the memories that people have. And when people think of Oklahoma, The Oklahoma Sooners in the 90s, they think of Ryan Miner, you know, whether it's guys like Eddie Radosevich or, you know, a, a, a number of guys out there just talking about what an impact he made on them as young men or, or even, you know, the, the young ladies that were watching as well. Just what Sooner basketball, Sooner baseball was so much of it was Ryan Miner. So yes, rest in peace. Our condolences go out to the Miner family um, and that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners.